0: salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to Season 2 of the Okie Geek Podcast, Episode 48. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Nikki Robinson. And one of our favorite theater companies in Oklahoma is taking a break from its normal genre of classical shows. Reduction Theater presents In the Next Room, or The Vibrator Play, now until June 25th. Joining us in the studio is Executive Director Tyler Woods and brand new Artistic Director Tony Asina. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us about this new show.
1: Well, it's uh, it's one of my favorite shows by Sarah Rule. Uh, it's it's a historic play. It's based on historic facts of, um, of when, uh, in the 1880s, when women used to be treated for what was called hysteria, ah. which was essentially any female problem. They just lumped it all together. And what they used to do is they used to see male doctors who would treat them with vibrators and have them get paroxysms so that they could release tension and that was a way to treat them and the show is about a doctor who has a clinic where he treats women and his wife is desperately trying to figure out what's going on in the next room
0: oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's clever <Wow>. that's fantastic <laughs> so what made you decide to do this play
1: well um it's it's my directorial debut mm. and i really wanted to pick something that Really showed my aesthetic to the community and to Reductions audience. I've worked with them a lot before, and since you know their their mission is to revisit the classics, this is a, a kind of a twofer sort of show. It was written in 2009 but it takes place in the 1880s and so it's a nice hybrid of of a time period that we're comfortable talking about it's a very conservative time period but the message is extremely feminist mm-hmm. which i think is a really great time for that kind of message especially in oklahoma city and so i really wanted to sort of start with a bang yeah. so to say
0: yes exactly is this the first show of the new season or is this the last show of the
1: this is the last
0: show of, last show of season of eight Now, I understand it's gotten a little bit of a blowback from media. (laughs) What's been going on?
2: Well, uh, the confusion stems from the play's title. Right. um, Which is officially in the next room, small case, or the vibrator play. And I think that Tonya can probably speak more (laughs) to why Sarah Rule did that. I think she got a personal email from Sarah I that did. tells a little bit about that.
1: I did. I Well, I asked her. Um, I, I reached out to Sarah Rule just because I, I love reaching out to playwrights. I feel like people forget that they're people mm-hmm. like us and they're artists and they care. And so I sent her an email saying, this is my experience. We're in the Bible Belt and I'm putting up your show and it's really important to me. And uh, this is what I really hope that the city can be educated on And um, we're having some problems advertising it because of the name and I just wanted you to know that I'm still trying to keep it (laughs) going and I support you and I feel humbled to be able to do your work here. And she answered me within 24 hours Wow! and uh, she was really awesome. She said, uh, I totally understand, I'm really, you're brave (laughs) for doing it there. (laughs) And she said it was an issue everywhere. Um, Even in New York, it had a lot of sort of, ooh, a lot of buzz, so to say. Um, But... (laughs) (laughs) Play on (laughs) words. Thank you. Uh, So she said, you know, I understand if you have to take out the vibrator play in certain press releases, Mm -hmm. if that'll allow them to advertise it more, I'll allow it. She did consider herself an anti-censorship zealot, though. So she was (laughs) like, you know, if you can use the whole title, I would appreciate that. But I understand that in the arts... We have to get our foot in the door somehow, and um, I'll I'll allow that. And so I feel really that's really awesome that she was able to be flexible on that and collaborative.
2: Yeah, you know, since we started Reduction Theater in 2008 was our first season here in Oklahoma City. We actually started in New York. Um, you know, one thing that Aaron and I, Aaron Woods, my wife, and co-founder of the company, in front of the show, in front of the show, has <laughs> been on many times. One thing that we really felt was incumbent upon us was to help, um, uh, as well as entertain, we wanted to educate. Um, And educate meaning share not only things that were, you know, from outside of the Oklahoma realm of knowledge, uh, which a lot of great theater companies in this town do, but to push the boundaries a little bit and help people understand what can be done on stage. Um, What is allowed, you know, what is what things like the First Amendment guarantee you as an artist, for mm-hmm. example. Um, the great things that are being done uh, in places like New York City or Chicago, um, things that Tonya has been doing with her life and career for the past decade, which is why I'm so excited that Tonya's has joined us, because I think that uh, you know one man shouting in the wilderness, as it were, doesn't get as much play as several voices joining together, and that's what we've got now, so I'm glad about that. And, and I think our patrons over the years, too, have really become uh, enthusiastic about what we offer, um, in terms of, you know, really can't waiting, you know, they can't wait to see what what the next boundary pushing thing is that we do, and it's not shock, for shock's sake, right. or mischievousness for being mischievous. It is presenting what is a work of art that is um, challenging and exceptional for many reasons that aren't often seen. For example. In uh, small towns, or in Oklahoma City, or the Bible Belt, as you, you know, might say. So. Well, and free speech and expression is is important, but we're also
0: not talking about again shock for. You're not trying to shock. This is an historical. <laughs> this is this, this is a Yeah, this actually yes. happened.
2: Yes,
1: yeah. and even in the play, in the script, uh, Sarah Rule says. Uh, in the very beginning, in the in the in the script, it says all of the absurd facts in this play are based on history, mm-hmm. and all of the mundane things are made up.
2: Right. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, the the story itself isn't. Historical. Right. These aren't actual people, but the, the the facts around it, as Tonya said, I mean, everything that she's basing it on is really happening.
0: And they did. You might want, want to think about, you know, we want to close our eyes and pretend these kinds of things <laughs> didn't happen in the 19th century, but they did and continued on into the 20th century and even in the 21st century.
2: Yeah, there's still mm-hmm. a lot of, um, you know, headlines every day. In fact, and many of you have been reading about the Stanford case and things like mm-hmm. that that are still going on. And, you know, it's just, it's appalling. Oh. Um, the disparity between what we deem acceptable when we deal with uh, the disparity between rights afforded to one gender over the other—it's mm-hmm. appalling—and and I think that a play like this, for example, is really challenging that status quo. And you know, that's our job as artists. Yes, it is. So.
0: If we did the same thing over and over
2: again, then we wouldn't have gotten anywhere in the arts, and <laughs> yes. that's not what—that's not what society's all about. Mm-mm. I mean, that's our trust. You know, I think in many ways as artists, our trust is to challenge because, you know, the public looks at us and and says, we trust you to seek out the things that we need to hear more about and to bring those home to us. And if we're seeking them out in New York or Chicago or London or wherever, or if we're creating them right here at home from a devised piece that we've created and we bring them to our patrons, um, I think that is that's our our job and our mission and and that's uh, our our public trust.
1: And I think that um, theaters, uh, all arts really, are just a sign of the times. It, sure. Theater is an expression of what's happening right now, which is why you know a play written in two thousand nine about female rights is still extremely relevant, and the misunderstanding of the female anatomy, which is still extremely relevant. Um, that these are women that didn't know their own bodies, essentially. They didn't know what orgasms were. And so experiencing this was a medical procedure. They didn't know you could have orgasms with sex or, with, or have female pleasure was not something the Victorian era uh, encouraged. Female pleasure was not part of sex. It was just for reproductive reasons. And so there is a mentality about sex for women and female pleasure that is taboo, which is why that word vibrator, is such an issue it's about female pleasure it's not about male pleasure and that's what's so taboo about that um and why why is female pleasure so scary to everybody and our reflecting
0: life that's probably why we're having such people having problems with it now yes is because we're living in oklahoma which sometimes these people some people have problems with women's bodies
3: yeah a lot of people
0: and which makes no sense to me
3: (laughs) (laughs) well you see that in plays and also in film a lot too because if if on camera a man has an orgasm, it will be an R-rated movie. If a woman has an R- orgasm it's automatically X mm-hmm. or an NC-17. And it's like, why? Why does it matter? It's the same functioning things happening, but because it's a woman doing it, mm-hmm. it makes it so much worse. Right,
1: And yet female nudity is yeah, everywhere.
3: everywhere.
0: Everywhere.
1: Everywhere.
0: And, and yeah, there is the double standard there. Uh, if, you know, It's okay to sexualize a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she can't have pleasure in that. No, oh, no, it's not the, for it's the, her it, pleasure. This is all yes. for the guys. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, some, it's, a, it's a backwards ideal that, again, that's the whole point of plays like this is to express that this stuff's been going on for more than 100 years and right. needs to be fixed.
2: And, you know, not to be too hard on, on Oklahoma. I mean, I will say that um, this, is, this country, in large mm-hmm. part, is very puritanical. Oh, yes. And as mm-hmm. Tonya mentioned, even in New York City, in New York City there were titters and funny feelings about the name of the vibrator play. And people would whisper it and say, have you seen in the next room? And they wouldn't say there. I mean, this is a puritanical country. This is a situation where, mm-hmm. you know, they make the, the things that we're talking about here, the art that we're talking about, where you say you can show, you know, a man having pleasure, but not a woman, etc. These films and television shows are made in Hollywood, in New York city, mm-hmm. in Chicago. So it's not like it's an Oklahoma problem. It's not. Yeah. It's sure. it's um, and and I and I actually applaud the people of Oklahoma for I you know the show's doing rather well, <laughs> you know as far as the box office and I'd, I'm certainly hopeful that this would help and and that people would want to come out and see it but the fact that people are seeing it the fact that people are interested in seeing this is really hopeful and and again I think that in many ways Oklahoma lately over the last decade or so has shown itself to be more progressive than I ever thought possible I grew up I was yeah, born and raised and. Too. You know, it's there's some progressiveness that is happening here that is very pleasing and surprising in a great way. Um, you know, and I'm I'm encouraged. So. Almost better because of how far we've come. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think I think yeah. the
0: progressiveness. is true, uh, local and I,
1: I, I'm surprised. You know, I've had no negative vocal mm. people come to my show. No one's picketing it. There's nothing like that. It's it's you know yeah, everyone right. is coming, they're enjoying it, they're 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 leaving laughing and and having a great time and even the most conservative quote unquote they're saying that they consider themselves conservative. They're watching the show and they leave saying that this was really great and so uh, to me that's that's a huge progress and I'm really kind of a little surprised and really pleased about the reactions.
0: I think sometimes in the media, there are people who are, it's not necessarily the people in the media are conservative, they're worried about their viewers. Absolutely. Yes. They're yeah. not, not being open to it. But you said you've got some good crowds. You opened on June 3rd. We did. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're open all the way till June 25th. That's so correct. you've already had a couple weeks, we had one weekend, and then we're on the second weekend this right now. This is the second weekend. How, mm-hmm. how
2: have the crowds been? Growing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny, I doing this for, you know, 10, eight years now, um, I can almost predict the size of the crowd, you know, as they go. And, mm-hmm. and word of mouth is a huge friend sure. to theater in general, um, no matter what city you're in. But I think this show, especially because there is confusion as to what it is, you know, it's not Midsummer Night's Dream or hair or Chicago or something that people immediately recognize. That's part of it is that it's not a tremendously. You know commercially well-known play per se in in ways that something like a Midsummer Night's Dream right. would be for example
1: Among the lay people um, among yeah, the, well, the well people. sure among yeah. the lay yeah. people. I mean
2: it is nominated for it was nominated <laughs> for a Pulitzer Prize It was nominated for a Tony, but what I'm what I mean is it's not again, you know cabaret So the name appeal isn't really triggering ticket sales, but what's happening is We've gotten four really great reviews. We've gotten some wonderful word of mouth social media um, as Tonya said, everyone who leaves leaves with a smile on their face. And I think that is something that's very encouraging because that just means that the ticket sales are going to grow. So um, I'll put on my producer hat now. Buy your tickets now because closing weekend is going to sell out.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the weekend of the 25th uh, is going to be the way this thing's growing. And again, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's art. And, yeah. and art, it, it, if it's still not good, then people won't come see it. Right. If it's good, it doesn't matter what the name of it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what matters is how well is it written, how well is it directed, how well is it acted. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters, and that's what's bringing people, that's why you got four great reviews, mm-hmm. not because it was called the vibrator play, right. Right. Um, but because it was a well-written play, mm-hmm. well-directed and well-acted, and, and the reviews show that, and I think that's gonna bring more people in. Yeah.
1: That's what we're hoping. That's what we love about theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh so you've you've been getting the, the good crowds, and you say you, you hopefully might have some more uh, What would you tell someone who might be kind of on the fence about going
1: um I would say um that that uh, i and there is no reason for anybody to trust me because they don't know me <laughs> yet um mm-hmm. but i'm I have specifically designed the show for. Audiences in this area, mm-hmm. I, I I didn't compromise my art, so to say, but I did really keep into consideration who was going to be watching it, and to have a show with this kind of title, with this kind of um, you know sort of reputation of, of pushing the boundaries here, I felt, you know, you can have nudity in shows that are like Shakespearean that people are maybe ex- not expecting it, but it's Shakespeare, and so there's that kind of basis to to launch it but in a show that's new that they don't know they have to trust me to be able to lead them down a path that is going to keep them safe as an audience that they're not going to want to leave in the middle of the show and I can assure them that I worked really really hard on that um, to me the show is not gratuitous it is telling the story without pushing the boundaries so far that you are in your you're squirming in your seat mm-hmm. you know there are some moments that are pretty risque, but it's clinical, and um, it really the show is a love story. So I wouldn't bring, um, you know, w- of course it's a, it's for mature audiences. Right. They're, they're Children they're, are not allowed. Do not bring show. your children to it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I wouldn't. I would bring my mother. You know. Mm-hmm, there you go. Uh, I I would bring her because I think. Especially women want to see this. I think bringing your husbands to see this, this is great. Bringing your, your loved ones. I think it's a great couples play. Um, I did have some people who had their sons and daughters <laughs> with them, but they were adults. And, oh, well, uh, that would be awkward. <laughs> it's actually funny. She didn't say it was awkward. She, she said, uh, well, my son really loved it. And we were talking about this. And my husband <laughs> asked her, was it awkward to watch it with your son sitting next to you? And she said, no, I, I hadn't thought of that. I guess I should ask him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Don't ask him. Just Don't, just let it run. just let that go. You, you know, you guys are having a great time. There's no need to, <laughs> to talk about that. Um, so I, I think I think it's really for for all people. It's for anybody who is is is, is wants to celebrate the, the female spirit and body. Um, I I would say if you're on the fence, just check it out. There's there's nothing to lose in checking out a new play.
2: Yeah, I, I would also add it's very funny. <laughs> uh, it's extremely funny. It um, funny. You know, I wasn't really familiar with the script um, as much when we started working on it, and I've been pleasantly surprised that it's about so much more than 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 you know, mecha- medical devices and vibrators and and even more it more than just just about treating women for hysteria. It's about motherhood. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, children. It's about the unfortunately the loss of children. There's really heart wrenching storyline there Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's a story. It has commentary on what is art in my opinion. I mean, I got some of that from it There's there's so many levels I think that's probably why it was part of the reason why it was nominated for the Pulitzer Prize It's not just a play about one thing. It's so many levels and so many different things and I think you know so I think the men can enjoy it as well. For sure, um, you know I think that, and there, and there are so many things to enjoy about it about the play. That, um, and, and and, like I say, just to repeat myself, it's it's quite funny. <laughs> right, and
1: and I have to say that the costumes are amazing. And Stephanie Sandage, who did the costumes, I have to give her a shout out because they're beautiful costumes. If you just like you know costumes from the 1800s <laughs> mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. that alone is worth it is it I, 1890s is that right 1880s 1880s. yeah and right it, after the civil war
0: w- here in is it here in America? yes where's it located it takes
1: place in new york okay, uh, cool. like right around it says in a spa town near new york city but not in new york city late
0: 19th century new york that's mm-hmm. amazing yeah the, the costumes i'm sure have got to be yeah. you know the american victorian it's a lot
1: and the costumes are a character in the show they have to remove mm-hmm. them and put them on in the scenes and so we had to time that so it's every night it's sort of like please get your clothes off on time <laughs> still, wearing,
0: still, wearing buses, <laughs> still wearing corsets still wearing, corsets, still wearing yes. I mean, all these corsets,
1: bustles petticoats period bloomers,
2: underwear i mean all things. of that yes yeah. yes
1: yeah with a little <laughs> flap in the back yeah oh my yeah absolutely <laughs> everything is period appropriate it's all <laughs> historic it amazing
0: and it's one of the things i love about reduction is is the idea behind trying to make things historically accurate mm-hmm. i've always enjoyed that about every reduction play uh, regardless because you guys set so many shakespeare pieces in so many different time periods
2: yeah yeah you know uh, just on that and just sort of talking is the you know the former artistic director who did a lot of that business, and that's sort of one of the things that inspires me. My, you know, my favorite playwright is William Shakespeare, and I just I love his shows. And been involved with about forty-five of them, I think, in the last fifteen years—director, uh, actor, producer, or something. And, More than fifteen years. We were doing Shakespeare in the Park yes, back in two thousand. Yeah, that's true. About, about eighteen years. It um, was Mark Antony. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. That was Robin. Uh, gosh, Great. I did lots so, of no, things. Did, well, no, it was Robin. Duke DeMarc of Cornwall. You uh, can't even remember all the roles Henry you the V. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Scottish King, lots of them. Um, but, you know, for example, tackling a play like, you know, Richard III, mm-hmm. for example. Um, so when I did that, I had a wonderful actor from uh, Washington, D.C., uh, named Rex Darty. Um, who's a friend, uh, a yeah. longtime He's been on friend. the show. He He's, and he was on the show, that's right. He was for He <laughs> <Okie C> Dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, creator of Okie's, co-creator of Okie's He Dead. And uh, Rex came in and played Richard III for us. And this is back in 2012. And when Rex and I first started talking about, you know, hey, we're going to set this in a different time period and we want to mess around with, you know, that a little bit one of the things that we really pride ourselves on is we don't just slap on a theme on top of a Shakespeare play. We don't just say, hey, look, it's Romeo and Juliet on ice. You know <laughs> I mean? It's just, so we had to say, "What well, makes sense. And for that particular show, just to give an example, we looked at the rise of Adolf Hitler from when the war ended and now is the winter of our discontent and we've hung up our, you know, swords. And the... Germany turned into the Weimar Republic and there was a lot of bad times. And then Richard came along and everyone thought for a minute that, you know, things might be getting a little bit better and then they got worse before they got better. And then there was world war two and all the Nazis and that's, and we trace that with Richard and believe it or not, I don't know if you remember or saw that show, but it worked quite well, sort of frighteningly well. So history repeating itself. And yeah. I'm a bit of a history geek, um, myself and love historical everything. Um, and so uh, that's one thing that we pride ourselves on when we tackle something like Shakespeare and doing it in a different time period or with a different theme. And so this show was really fun because it's a modern play written about mm-hmm. a historical subject. And so we could kind of cover both bases. We could present something that's new but um, historically accurate and historically based. So uh, it really scratched an itch there. So that kind of goes to your earlier question of why we chose it. Yeah. Tonya and I went through a lot of different... Um, ideas for what was going to be her first show you know mm-hmm. we tossed around a lot of things because um, we knew that we were transitioning with this last show we wanted to kind of do this with the final show of the season um and you know for many reasons we've already talked about it just seemed like the perfect fit especially within light of what Tonya does and has done with her work with intimacy and and movement work and so forth so
0: yeah, and well, I think also because the the beautiful thing I've, I've done Shakespeare, and you know, the reason I love Shakespeare so much is that it it his, his characters are usually so three dimensional that they can fit in almost any time period. They're people, mm-hmm. they're humans, and humans haven't changed in you know fifteen thousand years. They're yeah. the same people, and so you could set them in every time period, and the stories are relevant to now. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't still be doing Shakespeare plays, and that's where I feel like in the next room, the vibrator plays is. It's still relevant Absolutely. to now, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. even though it was written seven years ago and it takes place, you know, 140 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's still very relevant to today.
1: Sure, mm-hmm. and and all all four of the female characters in the play are. Uh, extremely different female representations of, of women we have you know the the main character Mrs. Givings who's played by Leah Oldham she's, she's just freshly she's had a baby and she's got postpartum depression which no one admitted they had back then <laughs> yeah, and even now it's yeah. very sort of hush hush and she can't connect to her baby because she can't feed her um, which is a real problem for new mothers. Um, and so she needs to hire a wet nurse and the wet nurse has just lost her baby. So we have a woman who has a baby she can't connect to and a woman who lost her baby. And that dynamic between those two women is really interesting. And then we have a woman who is too old to have children or, or can't have children. And so she really wanted to have children. And so she sees the baby and is upset by that. And then the fourth is a woman who never got married, never wanted to get married, never had children, just focused on her career, and she's the doctor's assistant. So you have a career woman, a woman who couldn't have children, a woman who could but can't connect, and then a woman who did and lost a child. And so those four are so different, and their experiences are so different, but that is a very female, you know, it sort of covers a lot of bases, and I think most people see the show and can really connect to one of
3: those
0: those and, wi- and women, yeah, women—not just from the 19th century, but oh, women yeah. you would find right now, absolutely, in the 21st absolutely. And
1: then there's judgment attached to not being able to have children yeah. or choosing not to have oh, children. Yeah, it's still going
0: on. Oh, sure. I mean, there. I mean, yeah. If a woman chooses not to have children, she's still, you know, lambasted in society. There must be something wrong with her. For not Or she's going to regret it. Or yeah. she's
1: selfish. Yeah. yeah. She's so <laughs> selfish for not giving everything up <laughs> and now having that, a career. Well, that <laughs>
0: recently came up, and I don't know if you guys, Mr. Selfridge, on uh, PBS. Yes. Uh, One of the characters, she chose, she was choosing a career Mm -hmm. and was being, you know, criticized by Mm -hmm. women who had children and that she, that she was giving up in a, you know, different different time period, but still same problem. I
1: I can say that I've personally experienced some Mm. of that. Sure. (laughs) Absolutely. From, from other females who have had children. It's sort of a, a weird dynamic in the female, community. you know, women are, women can be
3: really nasty to each other yeah, sometimes. They're fierce, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't get them, like, a lot of times. I'm like, oh.
1: <laughs> I think it's because they struggle. <sighs> we struggle so hard to get a little bit that it becomes very much a they, competition. They, and they get territorial about it. Very much so. It's like I had to work 10 times as hard to get where I am. So, you know, then you see this young, hot girl come in mm-hmm. after you and you're like, look. I've been working. Look, lady. Which, yeah, <laughs> I worked <that's>, really hard. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's common. And uh, and and now that I'm uh, now that I'm maturing with age, <laughs> I can say that um, I'm seeing a shift in how I'm treated just because of my age, mm-hmm. which you know. Really? Oh, absolutely. That's yes. interesting. I was treated very differently in my twenties than I am treated in my thirties as a as a person with a career.
0: And there's also the societal norm of trying still still to be feminine. Oh yeah. Whereas if a guy was being aggressive in business, for example, or being career minded, that's mm-hmm. totally normal and that's part of being masculine. But a woman trying to be career minded still has to be.
3: Yeah. You have to be tough without being too tough That's right. because god forbid be... if you're any sort of masculine anyone that sees me <laughs> knows that i slightly veer towards the masculine side of femininity and get berated for it sure all the time and on
1: the opposite end of that somebody who focuses on being extremely feminine um, you, you, you can have the opposite effect as well. You yeah. can be sort of uh, undermined, or you can people can treat you like they can Oh, honey, don't you.
3: don't worry your pretty little head about that,
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: right? Absolutely. Oh, the struggles. Yes. Oh, you're well, such t-
2: a plum. I, I tell you, you know, one of the things, just going back to something Tonya said earlier, that you know, there's no reason for anyone to trust her because they don't know her yet, and all these things. I I wanted to comment on that is that I think our patrons do trust. Her and have every reason to trust her. Um, if for no other reason that Aaron and, and I trust her, yes, you know, and I think that's a big that's a big thing for for our patrons. And and I I do want to spend a, just a second talking about Aaron, if I can. Of course, um, this company wouldn't Reduction Theater would not exist without her. Um, we love you, Aaron. Yes, <laughs> um, I mean her strength and her imagination and her artistry has really carried this thing forward. There were so many times when I was ready to throw in the towel and just say, forget it. I don't want to do this anymore. And she kept it going. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, her heart and passion and drive has really been vital to the continuance of this, of this company. And I'm really excited because, you know, for 10 years I was the artistic director, you know, Aaron and I shared so many duties that we were basically co-artistic directors. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as the public saw it was it was me. Um now it's it's Tonya and it's a woman's voice. And I think that's really important to both Aaron and I. Is that was a really uh I mean her Tonya and her husband Matthew, uh, Ellis, um uh, we love you Matthew. Matthew. Um <laughs> So we'll be some... some, some he's dads. my artistic associate, yes.
1: I should say. He is. So he's
0: also with Reduction. With Reduction. With
2: reduction. Yeah. He's, a, he's a professor at OU. Two couples and, working the whole. That's right. That's right. That's so awesome. we made a joke right. on opening night that we're turning it from one married couple to the other. But, um, <laughs> yes. but you know, it's it's really wonderful because I think it running a, you know, running a theater company in this town or any town, I'm sure, but I can just speak from my own experience, is that it is extraordinarily difficult. And being able to lean on a partner in life who is also your partner in business can, I mean, it can be, it can be tricky sometimes <laughs> um, and feel like you're living with your business partner more than your spouse. <laughs> but that being said, it's also invaluable and has, you know, saved my bacon and the bacon of reduction theater on more than right. one occasion that I can look to her at all hours of the day and night and say, what do you think? You know, give me some guidance. Yeah. For I, this. I can
1: already see that with, yeah. <laughs> it's already yeah. changed our marriage a little. Yeah. <laughs> He's my advisor now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll make you
2: stronger, you know. And yeah. it's and I mean I can say that running the company, you know, moving now into a place where I'm executive director and just kind of, you know, the producer, you know every I now and, f- and then director. Yeah, and don't and let him pi- say uh, just uh, a producer. Well, yeah. he's still <laughs> You're doing, doing. You uh,
0: directing some he's, stuff, right?
2: Possibly, you know. I we'll see. <laughs> <don't laughs> <laughs> some this of my favorite shows. thank you. You. You're very kind. Thank you. Well He's still involved. He's not going anywhere. And uh no, but it's, it's just been a wonderful, um, it's, been, it's been wonderful to see the the growth and the, um, the growth of the company and the mm-hmm. potential behind that and the potential because of that.
0: Well, now um, it's Civic Center, I mean, and Oklahoma City is better for it as well. Yeah, yeah. I think reduction, Oklahoma City itself is better that Reduction Theater is where it's at right now. Hmm. Thank you. And we're very excited.
3: Very. Yeah. <laughs> very. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, so this was this is gonna be the last show. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you guys got? You got any ideas? I, 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 oh wait! Yes.
1: Oh, uh, we have a question. Is OKC dead coming oh. <laughs> back?
0: <laughs> oh, this is a
1: long story.
2: So, OKC dead. I Dad, really need it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So OGC DEAD is currently in development is with another. No, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's currently really in development with the, possibly another location here in Oklahoma City. OK. Um, we Did you rip up Civic Center too much? That. <laughs> 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 um, we're looking to see about making it a continuance and a permanence and a thing that happens here in Oklahoma, but possibly not strictly through reduction theater. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rex and I have had many conversations about it. We're trying to make sure that we can give give. People in Oklahoma, um, something new and different all the time, mm-hmm. and yet we don't want to ignore something that's beloved. So I am actually currently meeting next week with someone uh, about the potential <laughs> of bringing OKC dead, but it is it is um, it's you say
0: it on a more permanent basis. Uh,
2: We'll see. It's <laughs> We'll see. Well, well I mean, I'm sorry. Related zombie see. killing any <laughs>
3: time of
1: the year. <laughs> First rule about OKC Dead is you don't talk about you it. You don't, oh, don't talk
2: about it. Is is right no. <laughs> so there's there's more to come on that for sure. And I'm sure yeah. if well,
1: we'll you We'll have to have them, them on again. Have us. Yes. There's
2: yes.
0: more to come. So. Will we have the uh, Jane Austen's Christmas cracker yes, coming yes. back?
1: Yes, that one is coming back. That one is coming back. It's I've good. heard
0: a lot of great things about that. And I have not yet seen it myself. But I know I I want to see it next year because I just – I, it sounds like so much fun. <laughs> I got my Kimberly yeah. Pride shirt on.
2: So <laughs> my, my, uh, well, yeah.
1: you guys are going to, instead of, we we chose a, a play for our Halloween sort of, you know, October slot that I think you guys are really going to like, actually. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's a ghost play um, that uh, was on London. It's called The Woman in Black. And, oh yes um, it's really really great they made a movie mm-hmm, you know, with daniel radcliffe yeah yeah oh. which um you know it was based on, it a, was our, on a novel yeah. or, originally <laughs> which was much better than the movie in my opinion usually is um and the play is so well written that the,
3: oh, that the that's gonna be fantastic
1: uh, yeah it's 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 really there's a lot of surprises in store for that so i can't reveal too much about that because it is sure. a show with tons of secrets yeah. so that's um i'm really really excited about that one Uh-oh. Uh, I'm so not going to reveal anything about it. <laughs> yeah, is but that going
0: to be the first show of of the that? Will season? be our first mm-hmm. of the, the season. Back for Halloween, yes. the October season. I'll yep. uh, definitely come back for that. And so we got the Christmas character. Any any other things going on next season?
1: Yeah, we do. Well, I'm we sure you um, got the whole thing planned. I mean, we usually, do.
0: Usually season, <laughs> yeah. The time.
1: Well, we're doing um, after Christmas. We're doing uh, the Tempest, oh. and um, there's some. Uh-huh. There's some we're still deciding exactly how and where and when and with whom and all that that that's happening, mm-hmm. but that is happening in, in our early spring slot, and then there is a slot for um, a devised piece which is um, yet untitled. That that's going to be happening in April, and I'm actually I'm really really it's a excited. Devised, piece. devised, mm-hmm. devised What's means mean? when you when the when the actors come in. That the script isn't fully defined yet. That 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 there is uh, pieces that need to be written with the cast and with the director in mm. the moment. So it's not fully scripted initially. It's not like this play where we all had a script. We gave it to the actors. We read it, and then we started doing the play from the script. A devised piece is something that you write together during as an ensemble process. during rehearsal process. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so wow. some of it is scripted beforehand, but for the majority of it is like the frameworks. Yeah, kind like, of
3: there, but then all the...
1: Yeah, and so, you know, and I'm a movement person, and so mm-hmm. we'd choreograph a lot of movement pieces in that, and so that's that's kind of what the devised slot is, and so um, hopefully I'm doing, we're going to do that every year, which kind of brings a new work in, but it could be classic, you know, a, a classic story retold through movement and, and devised work. It could be, you know, a mytho- mythology mm-hmm. sort of retold, and so that's kind of an, a, a really vague slot, and I have something that
0: I want to put there this year <laughs> that I can't talk about yet. Right, so you could take a, a something that's not in play form, but maybe in mm-hmm. written form of some kind, uh, for example, The Labyrinth, the, the, yes. the, the, the Minotaur, or something like that. and f- And then you get a cast together, and the cast works with a director and mm-hmm. choreographer and everybody to... Create. To create
1: that story, oh, yeah, wow, it's really, so be really fun. original,
0: something that nobody yeah. has ever seen before. Yeah, a
1: new work that is devised by the artists, and and it's it's really exciting, and it's not
3: easy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm sure. No, because the more, as everyone knows, the more people you get involved into a project, the more. Opinions and voices. Of course. Of course. Arguments. You you really need to have a leader that
1: knows how to take their opinions and leave certain ones and sort of filter that. But you also,
3: there's a lot of plus sizes, too, because then they can Mm -hmm. say, well, I'm really good at this. It would be great because I can do this. Which you might not know. Yeah. And I've written a couple of plays
1: this way, and um, and there are moments in rehearsal where I say, okay, now can anybody do the splits here? And then it's like, oh, I can. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Well, I can also do a roundup. Okay, great. Well, let's add that here. So it's like whatever the actors are good at, you can include in Mm -hmm. that moment Mm -hmm. and you really you really get the best parts of them you want to focus on all the great things your actors can do so that it's like what kind of hidden skills do you have let's add that to the show you know as opposed to um, sticking with a, a predetermined character, and so it's it's a really fun sort of mm-hmm. that
3: sounds really flexible yeah.
1: way to 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 do art um, that I really love. And and it would so. seem
0: to create a really good strong ensemble cast. Yes. too. Mm-hmm. they're yes, working yes. so well together. Yes, they have to. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, and so it, it takes it takes a really strong ensemble to pull it off. Yeah,
2: that's, awesome. yeah. that's one thing that uh, you know, reduction has always prided itself on his strong. Ensemble work and and you know, we've done plays in the past. Where we've had you know a nine-person much ado or a seven-person Hamlet or You know usually our typically our Shakespeare plays have 10 to 10 to 14 people at the most in them and so that everyone's playing multiple roles doing lots of things and you know, as Tonya said, it's sort of like, well, what can you do? I can play the ukulele. Great. We're mm-hmm. going to do that. You know? <laughs> yes, um, right. I can breathe fire. Fantastic. We're going to do that, you know. <laughs> and so that's been a lot of fun. And, and I think with the strength of doing something like The Tempest, you know, like like what you said is about, you know, everyone's strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finding that's such a magical play. And it's been something that's mm-hmm. appealed to me personally for so long. And we're, we're, I think we're going to be working with a lot of collaborator, collaborators on that particular piece. Um, I think with Tonya's movement strength and intimacy strength, I think there's a lot of exciting things that can happen um, with that. But we've also got a really cool musical idea.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, we're doing a musical called Hello Again, which is a take on La which is a sort of, It's a a, a plot based on, you know, Mm -hmm. we have these two lovers, and then we follow one of those lovers to the next couple, and then we follow that other lover to the next couple, and it's a round of lovers, and so it's a very sexy play, Um, but it's a small ensemble cast, and everyone is really... Um, intimate in it so there's a lot of sex and um, it, it's but it all takes place in different time periods each scene um, but it's all on the same set and it's a really really great musical. So it's
0: a small ensemble mm-hmm. but different character, but each one playing multiple yes. multiple characters. Yes there's just
1: 10 characters yeah. and, yes. and they're all in like sort of a chain of... It's of the web we weave yes. type thing. Yes. That's awesome. That's a musical. Yes. What fun! It's going to be awesome. it, It's going to be really great. We're we're we, trying to get some really great people on that one. I think and about so. doing
2: that to close out the season. Now. That will
1: yeah. That will be in the slot we have here. That will be next year.
2: It's funny we we, we find ourselves doing sort of themed shows. You know, we'll do like <laughs> the scary nice. show for Halloween. We'll do the Christmas show. We'll do the some sort of love story, whether it's Tempest or Midsummer or whatever. For Valentine's Day, and then in the summer is like the sexy time at Reduction Theater. It's, been, <laughs> it's uh, hot. It's yeah. It's cat, cat in a hot tin <laughs> <laughs> room, Take their clothes The off. vibrator play. <laughs> Hello again. So it's yeah. It's right. June, is, June is sexy time. It is.
0: Well, but it, now it might be sexy time, but there's also room for kids. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, yeah. I sure. Do, I do have to say that uh, when you talk about your ensemble cast doing multiple things, one of my favorite things is to watch classics for kids oh, that goodness. you guys do at the library. It's right. so great. And, <laughs> and you guys are finishing that up this coming week. Correct.
2: So yeah, we so classic. Can I talk about classics for kids? Right? So one, yeah. So classics for kids is a program that we started uh, about four years ago now. I guess um, it was born out of the idea. We we were um, doing full length Shakespeare plays at library locations. They had invited. We've been having a relationship with the library since gosh, I think since the very beginning, really. We love you, Metro Library. Yeah, we love you, Metro. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've been doing shows with them, um, uh, full length. Midsummer, full length, Loves Labors, full length, Much Ado, and it was a blast. And one of the, at, at a certain point, one of the librarians said, "Do you have something more geared for even smaller children?" So we said, "Yeah, let's." You know, we've always wanted to do that. And our education director, uh, Elizabeth Hicks, who uh, we love, you Elizabeth, yes, she's amazing, <laughs> um, <laughs> has worked with children, children's Oklahoma Children's Theater for a very long time. And she and I and and Aaron got together and said, "Listen, we gotta let's create something of our own." So Professor Spillsby. <laughs> was born. Mm. Professor Spilsby is a lovable old English professor who has a (laughs) huge white Santa Claus beard. Played by Elizabeth. And is played by Elizabeth. Immaculately. Adorable. You you would think it's a little old man and it's quite funny. (laughs) And she plays this English professor who's English and totters around and meets the juggling fiends, which is a troop of traveling actors who of course get the professor into all kinds of trouble. And there's four plays, four original scripts, which Aaron and Beth have written, Elizabeth and Beth have written, that are four different stories and adventures for the professor. And they look for uh, – they, they study uh, Macbeth. They do the, the studies of, of that. And, they, and then the next play, they study Henry V and The Tempest. And they go to a science fair. And compete with their rivals. Um, and then the third play, they um, have a, uh, a trip to Italy where they find they they learn all about Shakespeare's heroines. So we study Twelfth Night and As You Like It and those wonderful shows there, for example. And then. This fourth one, they travel back in time and meet Jane Austen herself. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, and it is delightful. and it's,
1: it's adorable. We, My husband and I went and saw it this week, and we thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really fun.
2: <laughs> and so the Metro Library has, um, for years, uh, hired us to come out and be part of their April touring program for Shakespeare's birthday. And then in the summer, which is right now, um, we just finished our first week. We have one more week of the Neighborhood Arts Program, which is an Oklahoma City Arts Council-sponsored program that is, of course, with the Oklahoma Arts Council and National Development for the Arts and the Friends of the Library all sponsor this thing. And it's wonderful because it's geared for kids three to 10 years old. It's all free programming. Mm -hmm. And we are one of, gosh, maybe a dozen acts that go around to libraries all over the city for, I think it actually is all four weeks in June. I think there's several different schedules and programs but um, our event schedule can be found on our events page. If you're interested in checking one of those out, it's free for the kids and it's just, it's 50 minutes long and it's uh, it's delightful. And they get to learn about, uh, you know, Jane Austen and uh, time travel <laughs> <laughs> and Shakespeare. And it's just a lot of fun. The kids, the kid, and, we get, and we dance with, uh, with the kids it's interactive
0: for 50 minutes you've got to have them doing something and I Absolutely. think that's I love the fact that it's educational it's entertaining mm-hmm. um and, and we thank you to the metro library for allowing things like this to happen because it's mm-hmm.
1: so important yeah these yeah.
0: kids aren't unfortunately they're usually not out there their art learning.
3: programs are getting cut oh yeah. Yeah. yes
0: yeah, right. they
1: are
2: I'm a little sore well, and about it. I know. And you know, and it's so wonderful too. The Oklahoma Arts Council has been really supportive of yeah. this children's programming, which has been really nice as well. Um, and of course, you know, people all around town, the different foundations and so forth, love to see this kind of program for kids.
1: Yeah, and it's great because you never know what is going to trigger a child no, to want to go into the arts. You know, mm-hmm. I remember being really, really young and having guests sort of troops come into our school and perform and be like, I want to do that
3: one day, you know? (laughs) That's really important
1: to expose them to that, to know that that's something that they can do and that they can pursue and that there are careers in the arts, that it's not just oil careers or, you know, business careers, that there are are other ways to enrich your life. And even if
0: it's not about getting a career, there are other ways to enrich your life. To express yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you can go and watch these
1: plays Mm
2: -hmm. and not feel...
1: It's therapeutical. Yeah.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it it makes you a more rounded person. I think, you know, if you are whatever profession you're in, again, going back to our job as artists, if you go and see, you know, in the next room or uh, The Tempest or Cabaret or whatever you see, then you as someone who may have been sheltered from such viewpoints as are expressed in the play are now exposed to that viewpoint and you can Mm -hmm. form your own opinion. Right. Sure. And you can decide for yourself what we, you think. We and, want
1: them to leave talking about right. these issues with yeah. themselves,
0: which you is know? what art does. Yes. Yeah. You don't, exactly. It's, it's, it's supposed it, to be about talking and, and opening society up to, to different absolutely. conversations.
2: Absolutely. And, and, and that's one of the things about, I mean, just, you know, I, I, that's one of the things I, I actually do, you know, with all of the <laughs> lamenting that we do sometimes about how puritanical our country can be and how repressed it can be. That's one of the things that I celebrate is that we do have. Uh, you know, the First Amendment. And we do celebrate, Mm -hmm. in fact, in this country, I think more than not, the idea that the arts are important. And and arguably in other countries, they, they, they have more funding and they have even more support in many ways. But it's wonderful i mean just put like my patriotic hat on here for just a second but it's Mm -hmm. wonderful that we can live in a country where we can argue about this stuff do you know what i mean where Mm -hmm. we can have a fight about this stuff where we can engage in you know dissension and protest and walk out in the street and do something crazy and we're protected as artists because because our founding fathers knew Knew. that we needed it they knew that and they said no art, and, and I know it wasn't specifically written for, you know, the theater, you know, the things like the First Amendment, but but they apply and they knew that they'd apply. And that's, and that's so important. And mm-hmm. you look at someone like Thomas Jefferson, who was so well-rounded, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of art and culture and, and things like and that. that we
0: needed freedom of expression.
2: Right. And I mean, there's just, and, you know, an architect and all these wonderful things. And you, you just look at the arts that have been able to grow. And of course, in, you know, times of repression or times of depression you know the 1930s you know for example Mm -hmm. art flourished in this country you know Mm -hmm. because it does in times of in in downturn times so I've been really pleased for example and now that you know Oklahoma is unfortunately you know experiencing a bit of a hard time with its oil and gas industry for example but the arts seem to be really growing. And it's it's interesting to me and hopeful to me that even though a lot of funding is getting cut for the arts, which is a shame um, and shouldn't happen, there are, however, a lot of people who are willing to buy tickets, who yes. are willing mm-hmm. to give private donations, because all of these arts organizations, Reduction Theater, uh, you know, included, you know, Carpenter Square. I mean, uh, Oklahoma Shakespeare in the Park. Gosh, there's, I, I, I looked the other day, there are 20 theater companies in Oklahoma City which is amazing. 20. When I was
0: growing up, there were like
2: two. Yeah. There were two. And yeah. almost every single one of them is a nonprofit charity. That's right. right. So and they're all so different. They're, so they're all, all so, so different. To make money. No. No. But, but, <laughs> but people this can the art? Yeah. So buy a ticket, donate a, donate money, whatever you can do. But, and volunteer on their board, whatever. But there are people that are willing to do that. And that's really encouraging for me. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're on the cusp of a lot of things changing in the arts here. I think the
0: mm-hmm. auditions. Uh, I guess people can go on your website as well and look up to see when auditions are. The, I, you know, i I've, I've tried to tell people that you know, if you want to get into theater, just go out and audition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you never yeah. know when you just.
1: Yeah, play. auditions are open to everyone. Yeah. you know, they're they're sort of open calls. Usually, if there are any um if if we we're asking for any equity sort of contracts that's always determined beforehand but um the majority of the roles are are non-equity and they're 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 all open to the public anybody can walk in and audition and um and getting the word out for auditions is also hard too cuz i think a lot of people are like oh, i don't want to audition you know and i'm nervous about that and it's like you have nothing to lose you know and a lot of times it's just read from the script and and just you know sl- we'll see you know we have half of our cast and in, in the next room has never even been in a reduction show so they're all new actors that we're introducing to the company
0: which is wonderful that's yeah that's how uh, that's how a theater company grows yes. you know, is by yes. adding new people in
1: absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely
2: good deal anything
0: else uh oh, okay reduction.org how you go uh com
2: there. reduction dot, uh, reduction.com dot com. Okay. Where, yeah it's a long story <laughs> i never got the org you can get there through org but officially yeah. it's reductiontheater.com reductiontheater.com can
1: i mention something really Please, quick
0: i would love for you to
1: um there is a big to do happening in chicago right now that is extremely important to our city too that i just want to mention um, just having this platform is it's really important to me and what i do as an intimacy choreographer and an intimacy director Um, There was an an article that was released uh, uh, about Chicago Theater just this week about um, a company called Profiles Theater that was um, unethically abusing physically and sexually abusing actors on stage and were getting away with it for years and years and years. And these actresses came forward and it became public. And so now Chicago is... Uh, banding together for um, a movement called Not In My House, which is um, everybody standing up for actors rights on stage and it's part of what I do as an intimacy coach. It's not just choreographing risque sex on stage, it's, it's more than that. It is the specificity of choreographing it, but choreographing it safely and professionally so that the actors are protected. And uh, there is a protocol for when things are going wrong. The intimacy in my work is never improvised. Uh, it's always planned, it's always choreographed like a dance, like a fight, extremely rehearsed. And if the choreography ever changes, there's protocol. You cannot add anything to intimacy on the stage, just like you cannot add an extra punch when you're fighting. And, and that is um, a protocol that they're starting to put in place in Chicago. And I'll actually be traveling to Chicago to teach some workshops in this. Uh, in the next couple of months. But I'm really proud to bring that here to Oklahoma City because being in a conservative area, more conservative than Chicago, say, or New York or L.A., or those places where this is this is an issue there, you know it's an issue here. And you know that people are also getting away with a lot of things on stage. And actors have human rights, and that's the thing that, that you know they forget because they're young and they're afraid of speaking up because they're afraid they're going to lose a role or they're going to you know, get blacklisted from something. But there's, um, you know, this this show within the next room is our first time Tyler and I working together on their contract stating that they are never to change the choreography once it's been set without consulting the choreographer or the stage manager or the director um, in, in the order of who is in charge that night. And so that's a protocol I would really like to start that campaign in Oklahoma City. Not in my house, Is it's a hashtag that's sort of sweeping. Um, I have posted a lot of statuses in support of of what's going on in Chicago. They're, you know, they're very, they're picketing the theater because they won a lot of awards for these these shows that were choreographed improperly. And um, nobody knew that these women were getting really actually abused on stage. And they were watching this violence saying, wow, the violence is so real. It's because it was real. Mm. They they had bruises on them. They were actually being hurt. Um, And so... That is unacceptable, mm-hmm. you know, even though we are artists and, you know, we're not corporate. Even
0: though we're artists, I mean, that should excuse at all. We're humans, I mean, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and despite oh the gosh. fact that,
1: you know, we're, we, it doesn't matter how much money you make or don't make doing something. This is a profession where we use our bodies and emotions, and so we have the right to be safe. And that is um, a movement that we're bringing into Reduction Theater as far as... It's my campaign in Oklahoma City, and it's actually been my life's career. So I'm really excited to be on the cusp of creating more discussion on how things are dealt backstage and onstage professionally mm-hmm. in, in a field where our job is to be vulnerable. And so.
0: And I think for, for, it feels good for parents who wouldn't want their don't feel, yeah. they don't be concerned about their daughters going into. Into the arts. The, into the arts. And as an, as an audience mm-hmm. member, it makes me feel safe when I go see a reduction theater that I might be uncomfortable by the the theme of the story, but I don't have to feel uncomfortable that what I'm watching is,
1: it, it a is unsafe a sexual
0: assault. Right, right.
1: You're not watching... Uh, am
0: I actually uh, watching something that might be... No, I know I'm at reduction. I know I'm watching something mm-hmm. safe.
1: Everything has been choreographed. Everything right. has been directed specifically, and if anything ever shifts, there is protocol to keep everybody safe, including the stage manager, the director, the actors, the crew. Everybody is part of it. Because, you know, when you apply for a job in retail or corporate America, there's a quiz you have to fill out for sexual harassment. Sure. There's nothing like that in the theater. And these are non-equity people. Equity you know the, the union has its own sort of contract but these are all non-equity actors who don't have a union to protect them and that's where the movement is coming from and and so I, I really I find that extremely important to speak about um, as as of course as a feminist but not just for females for, for men too and just young actors and young performers that are coming out and going you know what, what do I have to do to get this role and it's like you yeah. don't have to give up your human rights well, you never well, have to.
2: And that's something that you know I can say that reduction theaters always prided itself on and thank you, you know, Michael for, for mentioning that is that we've always wanted not only our, well, our actors to feel safe and our crew and company to feel safe, be, not only because it helps the audience to feel safe about them, but everything that Tonya's saying about, you know, you're a human and you have rights and you should feel uh, safe. And, you know, over the years we've always, I mean, I've been choreographing violence and doing stage combat mm-hmm. for, you know, 18 years now and have done all over the country and internationally. And I've been really pleased to recently start working a lot with Matthew, uh, Tony's husband, who's our artistic associate. Matthew is the, um, he's a certified uh, teacher with the Society of American Fight Directors. So Matthew brings a standardization to stage violence, um, which is really special and and kind of unique in Oklahoma City. Um, There are a handful of people who practice and who are certified in various styles. But as far as I know, Matthew is the only certified teacher in Oklahoma City. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are currently offering— In Oklahoma, I think. In Oklahoma, is it? No, no,
1: Lloyd Caldwell, I think. No, he's not a CT. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just trying to think.
2: But we're currently actually offering um, classes, training. We started offering training at the Civic Center. Um, if you want to know more about it, we can post it on our website, but it's on Fridays, uh, in the summer, we're, we're offering Friday afternoons classes in stage combat all
1: different weapons, and all different weapons. <laughs> and, and
2: it's just so important for us, you know, just Tonya mentioned, you know, how important it is to her. And, and I can just even share with you that there've been times when I have choreographed, you know, for example, a, a fall or a fight or whatever. And I, I remember specifically this one time, um, an actor who was uh, in in a show of ours, and he was doing a backward fall, and he, uh, you know, from what I could tell, it it looked safe, it looked it looked fine, and we had choreographed it was and it had gone on. This was midway through the run, and another actor in the cast came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, Rhett's leg is bruised real bad," and I was like, "What?" and I was upset. I was like, "What are you talking about? What do you? Why is it bruised?" And I went up to Rhett. Um, who is a local film actor? He's one wonder, God, wonderful guy. And I said, I said, what's going on? I said, show me your leg. And I'm telling you, it was, it was calf was bruised, black and blue. I said, what's happening. He said, Oh, I, I don't know. I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something weird with my fall. It's probably my fault. And I said, Rhett, show me <laughs> oh. what you're doing. And I made him come with me to the stage. And I said, show me the fall, show me what you're doing. Well, it turns out he was, he was landing on his foot in a way that, it wasn't the the proper combat style or technique or whatever so he had just, you know things had gotten morphed from when it had been choreographed to now and suddenly he was landing on his foot but because he had been taught not to speak up mm-hmm. and not to protect mm-hmm. himself he was embarrassed to even bring it to me and the minute i found out what it was my my hair was on fire to fix it you know yeah, yeah. and we went out there we solved it it took about a minute and a half to solve yeah. his bruise healed up, it went away, he was fine. And I tell that to whether I'm teaching, and I teach stage combat. I've taught stage combat to five-year-olds before, believe it or not. That was an, that was an experience.
0: <laughs> but if you're five or
2: 95, and one of the last things I always say in all my classes is, you should never, ever be hurt. A, a bruise. I on stage combat as well, and you're right. Bruises, no one should be hurt. It's unacceptable to even get a bruise, you know, right. because it, these things have to be safe, they have to be repeatable. You know, we're telling a story, and nothing, no story yeah. is worth getting yourself into. You have your to power. do this for weekends and upon do it, weekends, right, on weekends on it? Weekends on it. And in, in so. damage,
0: you could damage yourself to where you can't ever work yeah. again. Right, and that's right. ridiculous. And we got to yeah. let the actors know that they're humans. Right, yeah, right, And
2: that's the thing, is that actors just don't know that they can speak up about these things. So I'm so glad, you know, that Tonya is taking this on and really advocating for this. And, you know, it's something that Reduction's always felt very strong about, whether it's violence or intimacy. And we've done a lot of intimacy on our mm-hmm. stage. And yes. we've done a lot of nudity on our stage and, you know, violence on our stage. And we've always prided ourselves on being very careful. In fact, that's how we met Tonya and Matthew, was we said, we need some professionals who can really make sure that people feel comfortable. And there were plays, with, you know, Henry V, there were some moments in that particular play um, I directed and it was set it was a period piece we set it in in the 15th century but um, I had to bring Tonya in because there was a moment where the princess took a bath on stage and I did not feel comfortable directing this young woman in a bath scene in far in so far as the intimacy I did feel comfortable directing the scene because it, you know that was part of the, the gig scene, right. <laughs> but it needed that special something and that's what Tonya brings to brought to that particular table, which was invaluable, you know, for, for that, for that piece. And so I think that there's so much that, that you can bring to theater when you get your specializations that you mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. the people, collaborative efforts and, and people that can put aside their egos and create something great. And that's, that's what we're all about. So that's wonderful. Well, thank mm-hmm. you so very much for coming. Yeah. In, thank you for having yeah. us. And we're
0: going to have to talk about more when you guys come. Yeah. bring back whatever it is you're
2: bringing back for yes. Halloween. Yes. Finally.
0: And people can find you at reductiontheater.com And mm-hmm. where can people find you on Facebook and Twitter?
2: Well, fe- uh, Facebook is also Reduction Theatre. Um, and they're all linked at the bottom of our pages as well. And, um, also
0: on Instagram. Twitter,
2: Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, so, yeah. Again, we've got all of those. And, y- and Yelp. And there you go. And Tyler, mm-hmm. can people find you on Twitter? Uh, I am not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. We're working on like I said on the cusp of being a millennial but not quite. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, you can find I mean, you can
2: find you can find Erin though. She's Aaron on is on definitely yeah, on Twitter. On Twitter. Oh, okay, Shakespeare
1: on. Um, yep, yes, that's yes, Aaron yes. is on Twitter. And if anybody is looking for intimacy coaches, uh, intimacyforthestage.com. Uh oh. I I travel and I and I do this all around the country and so and ironically I don't do it as much in Oklahoma City um, but uh, which is weird because That'll there, change. Are some, there
0: are some That'll play, change. it needs to change because there are some plays I know out there right now that well not right now uh, but I know there have been shows in the past sure. where I've I've actually gone and gone this um, uh, this is uh, <laughs> You don't want your audience to be uncomfortable. No, Um, or the actors. This has
3: nothing to do with it, but I need to ship you to BioWare because their romance scenes in that video game are so stupid. I would love to do, do, do video awesome.
0: games. He uh, knows, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. video game yeah. intimacy is a whole oh, different thing. Tony, <laughs> <God. laughs> can people find you on Twitter?
1: Um, not on. Well, yes, I'm on Twitter, but I never check it. I'm I'm mostly a <laughs> Facebook girl oh, Facebook. and Instagram. Uh, but yes, I am. I am on Facebook and uh, Tonya Cena. Tonya Cena is my name. S I N A. Yes, you'll see a lot of pinup and hospital things on there.
0: But Intimacy for the Stage. Intimacy I
1: think
0: that's for the Stage is what it is called. Intimacy for the uh, You can also find us at Okiegeek.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook, Okiegeek Podcast. And you can also get that address for our Gmail account. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on SoundCloud and Stitcher and iTunes. And uh, Nikki, where can people find you on the web?
3: You can find me on Twitter
0: at Retro Robinson and also on the Facebook page. And you can find me at KOSU Michael C. Be sure and subscribe to this podcast. Also rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Tyler Woods and Tonya Cena, I'm Michael Cross.
3: I'm Nikki Robinson. Reminding
0: you to keep calm and geek on.